You're listening to episode 15 of the Afros and Pixie Dust podcast, Break It Down with Tiffany. Hey, Diz friends. Welcome to episode 14 of the Afros and Pixie Dust podcast. I am your host, June. Congratulations, Holly Bailey. Sis, I am so proud of you. I am so excited for this. I cannot wait to finally see The Little Mermaid in its entirety. And I just know that you are going to kill this role. I am going to be rooting for you. We're fitting to buy out some movie theaters. We're fixing to dress the part and we're going to come through and show you all the support that this community has for you and for the work that you are going to do for us. You've been working hard forever and this is your time and we got your back. I'm not going to focus on the negativity because we barely have a platform to begin with. The whole reason I created this podcast was to build a space for Disblers to celebrate what they love about this fandom, what inspires them, and the beauty that we all find in Disney. And so that's what you're going to find here. You're going to find some commentary and some critiques because that's what it's all about. But the haterade has to be drank somewhere else. So with that said... I think they've got a convert in me regarding live action movies. Not to mention that the preview for Mulan was just released this weekend. Like Disney was doing the most this weekend. Like it was a lot. Watching the trailer for the Mulan movie. That was possibly something I was maybe even more excited about. I'm really looking forward to seeing the route that they took with Mulan. And yes, we won't have a Mushu, we won't have music, we won't have a Li Shang. But after seeing the trailer, I get it, I understand it, and I'm here for it. At the end of the day, people are going to be angry. Disagreements and casting happens all the time. And the hate is not new when it comes to people of color getting casted in coveted roles. You've seen it in The Hunger Games. You've seen it in... Harry Potter. You've seen it in Star Wars. It happens. And the only thing that changes is the argument for why that person doesn't qualify. And so, you know what? Haters gonna hate, but we're gonna appreciate and we're gonna support. And that's what matters. Now moving on. This week's guest is Tiffany. She currently resides in Los Angeles, California, and she loves all things Disney and is an avid Disney bounder. Like, I love her stuff. It's amazing. Aside from Disney, she is also the biggest Oz fan I know. She is probably, she no, she is the only reason I've watched The Wizard of Oz. And I finally did, guys. Okay, I I did it. And it was just for her. One of the things that I love about Tiffany is that sis can break a movie down like nobody else. She 
goes into her calculation she goes into full ring man mode and i just like to sit back and awe and see what she comes up with and she is always on point the timing for this episode is actually my confirmation that the universe wants me to continue to do this podcast i recorded this interview about three or four weeks ago and i had already planned to release this episode today even before the Ariel casting announcement and it is just so crazy how it all lined up this way and so I'm so excited for you to hear it and so without further ado let's get into my conversation with Tiffany hello Tiffany welcome to the show hi thanks for having me I'm so happy to have you on. I love your page. I love what you do. Thank you so much. It's so nice. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's all love here. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Tiffany and I live in Burbank, California. And I'm originally from the East Coast. Um, I grew up an army brat. My dad was in the army and I moved around a lot. I was born in Korea and I lived in Germany and all over the United States. And then um, my dad got stationed at the Pentagon. And from there we moved to Northern Virginia um, so he could work at the Pentagon. And then he retired there. And then that's kind of like where we stayed and where I grew up. Cause I think, you know, my dad was getting like close to wanting to retire from the military. And then I was also at that age where he was like, this is a good time for you to like stay in the same school. Cause I definitely went to like, I think it was four different elementary schools. So he was like, you know, maybe you can go to the same school and graduate from the same high school. So I kind of just like, we just stayed there and that's where my parents have been ever since. So that's home to me now. Um, But yeah, I moved out here to get into acting and, you know, just like most people who move to LA uh, from anywhere, you know, trying to, you know, chase those dreams. And um, I've always loved Disney. Uh, Disney's always been in my life. I don't even know how old I was when I saw my first Disney movie. I feel like my mother just always showed me Disney movies ever since I could function as a baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Wow. So are you officially like Korean American or? No. um, Okay. (laughs) My dad was just stationed in Korea and that's just where I happened to be born. So Uh, I think I could actually go back, though, and probably see if I could claim dual citizenship since I was technically born there. But I'd have to go to Korea to do that. And I've never really done research into it. But (laughs) I'm definitely like any military child. If you are born outside of the United States, which happens most of the time to military children, you're still considered an American citizen because where you are is technically considered U.S. soil. Um, if you're like on a base or whatever, like a military base. Uh, okay, I see. All right. Well, yeah. that's cool. Nonetheless, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you know exactly when your love of Disney first started or or how it first started? Um, I just think my mom, you know, showed me Disney movies as a child. And 
like most kids, I feel like we all started with like movies, like Disney films, because, you know, Disney Channel wasn't really like a thing yet, you know, when we were younger. And I had my mother just started like a collection of VHS and she just always I mean, that's like family friendly stuff to show your kid is like Disney movies, you know, they're health like wholesome family films. So I just kind of grew up watching them. I feel like Disney has just always been a presence in my life. I don't remember a time when it wasn't in my life. Uh, I remember the first Disney movie I ever went to at a movie theater was Oliver and Company. Um, and that movie always stuck with me. That's one of my faves also. Um, but yeah, I think I just latched on to that magic as a young child and the whole concept of what Disney is. I mean, it's happy. It's magical. It's it's like one of those things that I just always have had inside me. It's just like been a part of me. <laughs> so what um, would you say are some of your favorite Disney movies or shows? Um, so as far as animated films go, it's really hard for me to pick like the number one favorite animated Disney film. So usually it's a loaded question. I always answer with I have a top five. Mm-hmm. But I think out of my top five, there's probably a tie for number one. And I think my tie is between Hercules and Goofy movie. Um, mm-hmm. Those movies impacted me, I think, the most growing up. Um, and then Frozen, of course, I love. Um, Oliver and Company. And Lilo and Stitch. So that's like my top five Disney animated um, film. And I want to say live action is probably Parent Trap. And I do mean the like original with Haley Mills. Even though I do also love the remake, I have always just been drawn to that, you know, original Haley Mills Parent Trap. I was always one of those kids that was excited about the next Disney movie. And, you know, there was always promotional posters and, like, McDonald's toys and, like, all kinds of things that I always just was very excited about. And I just remember having, like, I don't even know where I got the promotional poster. Probably a magazine. It wasn't very big. And I, like, had it hung on my wall for Hercules and it had, like, the release date and everything. And I remember going, I remember being at the movie theater, seeing that film. um, And I was in middle school because it was 97 and I remember the opening sequence of that movie shook me to my very core because of, I know I talk about this a lot, but the muses are like everything to me. And in any interviews or anybody I talk to about Hercules, that's like the main reason that um, I have such a love for it. And it literally shook me to my core when I was in the theater and I saw the muses like open up this film with that like amazingly, awesomely funny number because... I have never seen a black character in a Disney animated film before that movie. Like, they did not exist. People think I'm crazy when I say it, but I'm like, go back and find one. You will not. So I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like, I didn't realize how much of a void there was until I saw these women, these amazingly funny, beautiful, talented black women on that big screen in front of me in like a Disney setting. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like it just shook me because, you know, representation is so important. And that was the moment I think I realized that was something I needed in my life that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm pretty sure you're correct because a lot of people love the Lion King, but it's animals. It's not people. I hate to say that that, yo, like that is literally the biggest pet peeve like my husband always like brings that up because he knows how much that annoys me because I'll be like yeah like Hercules was the very first film with black you know characters and they'll be like what about the Lion King and I'm like first of all 
the setting is Africa. Second of all, where are the black characters? Because um, every single one of those lions, except for the exception of Simba's young Simba's singing voice, is voiced by white people. Oh, and Mufasa, of course. Fine. Mufasa, Sarabi, um, or James Old Jones, and um, I can't think of her name, but she's also in Coming to America with James, Old jo- James Earl Jones as his wife as well. Yeah. Um, she's the queen. <laughs> um, in coming to America, but like besides those two, like Simba's voiced by Matthew Broderick and like and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and I'm just like, where's the black characters at? Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me that they're black because they have black actors voicing animals, because I can find a lot of old Disney cartoons where black actors voice animals and other inanimate objects. That does not make it a black character. They need to look like me, and I don't look like a lion. So yeah, that drives me nuts. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I love The Lion King all day long because um, I just, I love that movie. Yeah. And that was like the movie that like, I think we had the, that was the first VHS that we had as kids, if I'm not mistaken. You? And so, yeah, for me. Oh, okay. And so I love that movie. My mom was very religious and she felt the spirituality of The Lion King. And so that's the movie she allowed in the house. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so um, I love it all day long, but it's true. I mean, and even if every character was voiced by a black actor, I mean, it's animals. You're animals. That's not representation, yeah. guys. Sorry. That's yeah. not how that works. We have to yeah. see ourselves literally, like physically. I need to see a black person, a black woman. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, I love, I love Lion King all day, but Hercules gets the trophy it does it will always get that trophy and you know i've seen comments from people that are like oh i thought they were just really tan greek women but i'm like guys they sing the gospel truth and they made them black for that reason like they want they they are black i don't know how you can misinterpret that in any way shape or form but i guess you know people who who are not you know people of color they don't realize like the importance of it and they also don't realize like what's going on sometimes in front of them but yeah I've also gotten that comment before where they're like oh I thought they were just tan Greek women because Hercules is a Greek setting I'm like yeah there's a lot of things about that movie that aren't accurate to Greekness and the muses are one of them they're black women <laughs> um hold up <laughs> I I know ain't nobody trying to tell you that yeah uh-huh. they did people like will comment on like uh that um like on youtube and stuff like that whenever i talk about it there's always like a comment that's like they were black i thought they were really tan greek women i'm like no they sing the gospel truth they made them black women to sing gospel like that is a cultural thing and also i don't know how you can misconstrue those hairstyles and that skin color that's that's straight that's straight ignorance and denial first of all and i'm pretty sure there were there were black people in greece like oh, oh it's of right there the moors came over like look at re- read your history people people don't know history people oh. don't know history. They don't mm. know their own history i mean forget like another country's history they don't even know the history of america like it's sad true that, true that. yeah That's <laughs> i'm shaking my head right now <laughs> Holy. it's always okay. someone like you know sometimes it's not like with mal- malicious like intent or anything it's just ignorance without you know realizing it i'm not sure the comments were supposed to be malicious but i mean ignorance is ignorance and yeah ignorance and apathy because they couldn't care yes exactly yes it's like (laughs) one of those you need to educate yourself things yes 
Wow, that is a new one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you love these movies. Are there any particular characters in these movies or just characters in general that you identify with? Oh, yeah, that's like a fun one. You know, that's a fun question that I feel like anyone could answer. Like, oh, everyone has a Disney character or a bunch that they like feel is like them, you know, at their core. Um, besides the muses, because, you know, I will always identify with the muses. Um, Georgette from Oliver and Company is like me <laughs> to a T. That dog is like me. She, I That sass and that diva mentality, like I just love her so much and there's so much of her I see myself in me and I, even as a kid I like gravitated towards that character I don't know how familiar you are with Oliver and Company or anybody listening but um Georgette is the poodle of the main girl in that story and she's voiced by Bette Midler and she's absolutely fabulous and she sings a song called Perfect Isn't Easy but it's me and it's you know amazing <laughs> And that's all you. <laughs> I, love it so much. I love it so much. I love that dog. And then um, also Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. I definitely also identify with and I love her. And Elsa from Frozen. I love that like character so much. I love her a lot. She's yeah. one of my favorites as well. Yeah, it's, it's funny because as a kid, I remember I latched on to Ariel from The Little Mermaid um, because she was really like our generation's first Disney princess because before her it was Cinderella and you know Sleeping Beauty and that was like way before our time and Snow White but I think I latched on Ariel because it was like modern and the only thing that we had at the time that it was like oh wow this like came out for my age like for me and you know she's redheaded and she's different and she's really like cool and cute but I think as I grew older and, you know, Disney started opening doors for more variety and more diversity of characters. Um, I no longer feel that way about Ariel anymore. Mm, okay. I yeah. feel you. Yeah. Um, I love Tiana, obviously, um, as a character. I have some issues with the movie itself. Like, I'm yeah. not, it's not the strongest film to me. Mm-hmm. I don't plot's the strongest and like I don't really latch onto any of the songs really. There's like maybe almost there, I think is probably like the only one I really, really like. Um it's not my favorite like film film, but I love her as a character. Um yeah. But, so yeah. 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 I mean Tiana her what she represents is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but the commentary on the actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. He could do a whole episode on that alone. <laughs> I would actually be interested because all the time I um ask a lot, like I try to ask other black people, like, how do you feel about the movie The Princess and the Frog? And, you know, I haven't in- asked that many, but most that I've talked to all feel the same way where it's like, oh, we love Tiana, but the movie's like not the strongest. It's a little weak, you know, like as far as plot goes, as far as like, you know, because there's so many other Disney movies that, like, have such a great impact. And I'm just like, you know, this is important. It has a great impact. But I don't know if I, like, live for this plot line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a given. A parent always passes in Disney movies. We'll give that. Fine. Fine. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the fact that. It was she... at least not the mom. Right. Right. But the fact that she wasn't a person for a majority of the movie, I think. Yeah. Really, really, really. Um, hit hard for a lot of people that bothered me too the fact that they wouldn't like also the fact that they would not assign Naveen 
like mm-hmm. race yes. to avoid like any kind of like I don't know what they were trying to avoid. Somebody tried to explain to me that you know they didn't want to say he was Creole or even like biracial with black or any kind of black was so that Tiana was deemed desirable by others besides just black people but I'm like just because you pair her with a black man or a biracially black man like doesn't mean that other ethnicities or races would not find her desirable that's not how like the world works so I thought that explanation was kind of weird but I just cannot get behind the fact that they want to like it's fine you want to make up a country to like say oh he's the prince of this like made up country and this made up story but like New Orleans is a real place so I mean, I guess if you don't have a country, you can ideally put a prince in and, you know, make sense in the storyline. Fine, make up one. But don't pretend like he doesn't have a race. And also cast non-black or biracial people in the parks to play him because it's still annoying. It still bothers me so much. Yeah, I agree. I mean, okay, it shouldn't really matter, but... No, it's supposed to be for us. Mm -hmm. Like, who cares? Who cares if no one else likes her? Who, who, if no one else finds her attractive? That's not even the point because Lottie was into him too. So it's not even like, oh, just because he's black, like other people like aren't gonna, you know. I just that doesn't that that didn't sit well for me because I'm like that doesn't make sense because people of other ethnicities and races will find other people of other ethnicities and races attractive. That's not the point it's not like just because you assign her a man that is black doesn't mean that like somebody else would would not find her attractive that's so such a weird strange thing uh, yeah it's dumb because don't guess what? about that with the white princesses when exactly like the latino community is going to find this princess attractive because her prince is white it's like no <laughs> yeah like that doesn't make sense absolutely yeah you know what let's move on because <laughs> we're gonna have to do this episode of just like it definitely problem- needs to be like a round table episode of like a bunch of other black women because i feel like we all have something to weigh in on that movie oh, oh yes oh yes why we love it why we hate it why we need a sequel <laughs> why something needs to happen there's a lot of things yes but you know we love you tiana and do you love a tiana for sure um so I love following your Instagram I love um seeing just your light in general thank you so much that's so nice like you have no idea it's so funny because I just had this Instagram and you know the way I got into Disney Bounding is so random and the fact that people are like oh I love what you do like put out there on Instagram and I love like your outfits and your Disney Boundings and everything it's just like the nicest thing ever so thank you so much Yes, and it's it's totally genuine. I, I love your creativity. I love the way you just express yourself. I love your fashion. I just love the light you exude from, you know, what I see, the snippets I see. I enjoy it. Thank so. you so much. That's so, nice. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, and so how do you like to express your fandom either online or just when you're in the parks, when no one's watching, when everyone's watching? um well definitely disney bounding like that that whole community that leslie created with disney bounding has brought so much joy and light into my life um that i could never like begin to express how wonderful this community is and like what great things it has done for me personally in my life just by it existing 
Um, but so Disney rounding is definitely like a creative outlet for me that I enjoy doing that brings me so much joy. And it's also like one of my most favorite ways to express my love for the Disney fandom because it's my own spin on, you know, my like favorite characters and I can bring my personality into it and I can, you know, change up my fashion and, you know, just get more interested and creatively thinking about ways I can portray a character. And I just, I love that aspect of it. Um, Other ways, I love to watch Disney movies. So, I mean, when no one's watching, when people are watching, I'm, I love to like watch a good Disney movie. You know, that brings me a lot of joy. Um, And in the parks, I just love being there. If that makes sense, like just walking into the park and the ambiance and just the magic the feeling magic like all around you it's like one of those things where it just puts me in like this permanently happy space just to be there I don't even need to do anything I could sit on a bench with Erica for like hours and we would be good yeah (laughs) oh I feel like Disneyland has that kind of vibe like it's like a locals playland it's it is it's it's definitely it's definitely just like a happy place it's just so happy (laughs) yeah So how often do you go to the parks? It varies. I would say that the least amount that I would go would be like once a month. Um, I at least go once a month to the park. But ideally, it'd be, I, I like to go once a week if I could, or at least twice a month if once a week isn't possible. But it definitely varies by month based on my schedule, based on, you know, what's going on. This past week, I think I've gone three times. So that's been crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not normal. It's just like what just happened to be in my schedule for like different things going on. Um, Being invited to the park for, you know, celebrating Erica's birthday or, you know, meeting up with other friends or I had a Star Wars land reservation. So that's like it just all happened to be around the same time. So I went like three times in one week. But usually I like to try to go once a week if possible. And if not, then twice a month. Oh, my God. I'm kind of jelly, low key. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I probably would be doing the same if I lived that close. (laughs) It's not it's it's not a bad, you know, place to be situation to be in. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, What are some of your favorite things to do when you're in the parks? I love to eat uh, the snacks, the food that's try all the new foods, eat all the new snacks. Um, I love to Disney bound. I love to take pictures. Um, I'm not big on the big rides anymore. Like I have motion sickness. I've always had motion sickness my whole life, but as I've gotten older, it's gotten worse. So I don't always ride all the rides. Um, I still can go on the Disney roller coasters. I mean, they're still not that extreme, so I'm fine, but, um, I love to walk around the shops. Um, I love to meet characters. That's always fun. The experiences that you have with characters, no matter how old you get, is still so fun and magical, especially if you have the right character interaction. It just, it never gets old. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've gotten into, not like a big pin trader, but I do have pins. And I sometimes like to get the blind bags. And then, you know, when you get blind bags, you have extras that you don't want or duplicates. And sometimes I like to go around and look at what other pins are around the park and just trade them kind of casually. But it's fun. So I like to do that also. Yeah, I, I'm planning a trip for this summer and I can't wait to go just to try the food. Like, 
I hear such good things about the Disneyland food, mm-hmm. and I need I need to I need to try it. Have <laughs> you not wait. done a big food exploration at the parks? So I've only been to California Adventure, um, and I went for like four or five hours. Oh, okay. Um, so I didn't get a chance, and I was sick. I was like super oh, sick. Oh, yeah. So it was like I wanted to eat, but uh, I just couldn't. It was like I was so I was kind of bummed out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I when you go wait. back, are you gonna do like both parks or just Disneyland? I'm gonna do both. So I'm gonna come for D23. So oh, I'm okay. gonna do both parks. Um, I'm hoping to organize a meetup. I say this every episode. I promise you guys, I'm working on it. I'm work. I'm trying to do a meetup um, in downtown Disney, and then you know try the food there. Um, I just wanna. I wanna try everything. <laughs> yeah, the food's great if you, as long as you don't like get the generic like hot dogs or pizza or like the burgers. Cause I've had somebody recently been like, Oh, the food is so bad at Disneyland. And I'm like, what are you eating? Mm. It's not even a thing. Like what do right. you mean? People just come for the food. Like I don't, and they were like, Oh, you know, we like went to like the we got pizzas and burgers. I'm like, okay, well you could go to McDonald's if you want to do that. Like, don't do that. Like if you're going to get a hot dog, get a corn dog. If you're going to like eat food, go to like the quick service restaurants that have food that are, unique to Disneyland don't just get like a generic piece of pizza like of course you're not going to think it's great it's a generic pizza but I I love it I love the food I love it okay there's always to eat like I haven't even tried everything and it's always like new snacks coming out and I'm like great now I have to go back and try that but (sighs) yeah it's it's my favorite I love to eat the food I'm so excited for you to be able to like go and try so you've never been to Disneyland at all? No, no, I've never been to Disneyland. I can't so wait to go. Been to Disney World. Yeah, so okay. Disney World is like my home park, um, and I've been there countless numbers of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in New York, so yes. you know I have to fly down, so I yep. can't just go all the time. Yep. Last year, actually, I just said I need to love myself, and I'm the happiest at Disney. So I'm spending a year trying to go to Disney as much as possible. And I went down probably like eight times or something like that last year. But then I started missing my children. So I was like, okay. Because they can't come down with me every time because they have school. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a break. But I definitely have to make it to Disneyland. And D23 um, was in the U.S. this year. So I said, let's go and make our trip this year to Disneyland. So I can't wait to yeah, go. Yeah, so you're going to be here for the expo? Yeah, I'm going to be here for the expo. Um, I mean, I bought tickets for all three days. I ain't about that line life, especially because my children are are still kind of young. So mm-hmm. I don't know what we're actually going to be able to see and capture and do. But I definitely going to be there for the expo. We're going to do a um, few days in the parks as well. Um I'm doing a couple of days in Disneyland Hotel so they can enjoy that. So we're going to be exhausted. Awesome, though. Yeah, D23 Expo, I'm not a big con person. I don't mm. really do conventions, but I don't miss D23 Expo. That's, like, my favorite thing. And I like that it's every other year so that you kind of can, like, take a, a year off and, like, save up because you know it's coming the next year kind of a thing. So that's always like an ideal thing um, about it also. And I'm, I'm also going to be there for all three days. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So this is my first year going obviously. And I, um, I didn't understand the whole hype about getting 
you know, those premiere, you know, ultra exclusive tickets. So you don't like have to wait online for things. Oh, like, you mean like the sorcerer package? Yes, yes. And so I don't know about that life because, you know, that's that's a whole other bracket of uh, money I don't have. So I'm right. like, I don't know about that sorcerer ticket life. But I feel like mostly the sorcerer tickets are for people who like want to get in the stores. Oh, okay. sell merch. I feel like a lot of people I've noticed that have sorcerer tickets are merch resellers because uh, I always have the experience where I'm like, oh, I want that. But of course, like by the time I get into the store, everything's sold out um, because the sorcerer people or some of the resellers on eBay and stuff have gone and like bought up stuff. So um, but yeah, the sorcerer package, like you can go into the stores before other people. You can have um assigned seating in any panel you can get into any panel you want you don't have to like wait in the line so it's really cool but if I had the money I'd totally do it but I don't so I can't yeah like I would have to start saving from like last year for the one in two years yeah <laughs> probably yeah, yeah. like or yeah. yeah finagle something so yeah it's not worth it but I'm I'm looking forward to just seeing all the people there and seeing what everyone comes up with. I have no clue what I'm wearing, and it's fine. Whatever. Well, I never do. I just, just, like, okay, for me, D23, I'm because I'm also not, like, a cosplayer. Like, a lot of people cosplay, and, like, that's why they go to conventions to, like, show off their cosplays and, like, you know, meet up with other cosplayers. I'm, like, there for the panels. Like, I want to be on the show floor. I want to walk around the show floor, and I want to go to the panels. So, like, I just Disney bound comfortably, me and my husband. And usually we pick our Disney bounds once they announce what the panels are. And we kind of try to, like, match our Disney bound to, like, some of the panels we want to go to that day. So, like, last year we were like, oh, we want to do the DuckTales panel. So that day we'll do, like, some DuckTales Disney bounds. And, you know, my very first D23 was 2015. And um, <laughs> luckily it was the year that they were celebrating a Goofy movie. Which <laughs> number one, like, one of my number one top disney movies and we definitely disney bounded i was well mine was more of like a i guess it was a, i mean it was all clothes from my closet but i also like screen printed um the power line symbol on my shirt so that was like i guess a what do they call it like a cause bound i guess because i screen printed oh. it but like i used jeans from my closet i used boots from my closet like everything were just like regular clothes but i mean i guess it depends on like how you define what your Disney bound is, but I just did Powerline and my husband did a max Disney bound. And we like, that was like the one panel we were like, we have to do. And it was amazing. Cause Tevin Campbell came out and saying, I, uh, yeah. What? Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. Oh, that's so concert. dope. Yeah. We had a legit Powerline concert in that panel. And then Jim Cummings, because I was, I don't know what was going down that day, but I was the only person dressed as Powerline. I guess back then, like, Goofy Movie still wasn't, like, what it has actually become now, where it's like, oh, yeah, everybody remember this movie, and now it's kind of like a cult classic hit where, like, everyone's just, like, all about Goofy Movie. But I feel like back then, it still wasn't, like, as much merch of Goofy Movie. Like, now there's so much, but then there wasn't any. So I was the only one dressed as Powerline in that whole panel. And Jim Cummings came off the stage and, like, pulled me to the front to, like, dance when Tevin Campbell came out. And I was like, wow, okay. Voice of Winnie the Pooh and, like, everybody else. Like, you know, Pete just pulled me out of the audience. This is wild at this amazing panel where Tevin Campbell is singing eye to eye right now. So it was amazing. 
Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That was my first D23. So I was like, I am never missing D23. (laughs) You know? Okay, now I'm getting excited for D23. Oh, man, I have to figure out what to wear. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably figure that out in July once they announce the panels. It's it's always something chill. Like, I just want to be comfortable, but it's fun. It's fun. Right. So I'm going with my two children. Um, I'm bringing them with me because my daughter, she she says she loves conventions, but what she means is she loves the merch at uh-huh. the conventions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could I couldn't not go with her and um, it'll be my son's first convention. But I'm like, I I don't think I could cosplay. I could not be in full garb and manage the two of them. I no. just know it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. So. Um, I have to get my creative juices flowing and figure out how we're going to make it work. I have an idea and I hope it works, but I'm sure the children will not cooperate. It is what it is. <laughs> well, regardless of how you dress, I know you'll have a great time. It's so much fun. And they do have like, for some of the smaller panels, like fast passes, I guess, that you can get. I forget what they call them, uh, stage passes or something, but they're like essentially like a fast pass you can get in the line to get one of these passes and um, if you get it, then you're guaranteed entry into the panel and you don't have to worry about it. They and- unfortunately don't do those for like the big panels, like the live action and the animation, like those yeah. panels that are really popular. They're, they're not going to do those passes for. So those are the ones you have to like seriously line up for. The first year I went, um, I was able to get into the live action panel. Um, just I, we went early in the morning and we were in the overflow room, but then they let everyone in from the overflow line. So we all got into the panel. And then the last D23, uh, we tried to do the same thing, but most people spent the night there the night before. And so it was packed and they didn't let anyone who didn't sleep there get into the live action panel, so. Oh boy. Yeah, I've heard about people planning to sleep in and I'm like, I don't know if I could ever camp out with the kids. And I don't know if I'd want to do that to them. I don't know. They're too young now. Maybe when we get older. Yeah. But you know what? I'll I'll enjoy it through other people's eyes. I don't have to be the first. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I would like to go to the live action panel this year. Like last year, I didn't get in and I was like fine with it. But in hindsight, I'm like, man, all that Marvel news I missed and all the mm. people that were there. But also like, I feel like it wasn't as many Marvel people because they were filming in game at the time. So they not many people could like show up. So um, yeah. But yeah, it would be really cool, but we'll see. I, I don't know. My husband's not a big con person, so he always has to like mentally prepare for it. And I always feel bad being like, I would feel bad being like, oh, let's sleep out of the hotel room we're paying money for. And so we can go look at this panel and then be exhausted the rest of the day. Exactly. Yeah. My kids are going to be like, um, we want to go to the pool. We want to jump on the bed. Yeah. So yeah it's okay we'll figure it out but yeah so I have you're a feeling. Gonna be like more casual just show up to the convention and check out the show floor and if there's any like other panels you want to do maybe maybe go in there yeah I think that's what's gonna happen that's it's gonna fun. be it. <laughs> stuff on the show floor it's it's fun I I love it I'm really excited yeah, yeah I'm just happy to be there I'm just happy to have this first experience and yeah. to sh- share with them I think it's gonna be great so I'm okay with that yeah it is what it but you know if anyone got the hookup <clears throat> you can find my information and the link I'm kidding they want to get us a, so a hook up some of these bigger panels <laughs> a plug in there here and there you know 
but (laughs) um so uh, yeah you are a big Disney bounder you're you're really great at Disney bounding I loved everything you did for the past challenge this March when did you start getting into Disney bounding um I got into Disney bounding right after I got married um I am like one of those type A people who like loves to plan and loves to be uh you know like do like organize and be creative and do all this stuff so like planning for my wedding was like super super fun and I loved it and when it was over I was kind of like well what do I do now you know like kind of post-wedding depression like I need some kind of project and you know my husband was like why don't you try Disney Bounty you always like talk about it you're always looking at it you know we all whenever we're at the park you always like point out anyone who's Disney Bounding and you think it's so fun looking he's like why don't you just try it and I'm like okay that sounds like fun maybe I should like I I've always like been looking at this thing that looks like so much fun I might as well try it and it just was like what my soul needed because I had nothing like creative to work on randomly at the time so I was just like I really need something so it was like a fun project to get into and um I started Disney bounding and I think like my very first like we first started when we were um like actually like posting Disney bounds and stuff was like when we were getting ready for D23 because uh, this was back in, like, 2015. Um, and I, I guess it started, like, in 2014. But I didn't really, like, do much or go anywhere, really, with them. And then for D23, I was like, let's have these Disney bounds for, you know, when we go. And um, we started going to Dapper Day. And we Disney bounded at Dapper Day and stuff like that. So uh, I started doing it. And it got addicting. And it was so much fun. And it was, you know, I joined the Facebook group, like, immediately. Because I wanted to look at people's Disney bounds all the time. And, you know connect with the community and like I just wanted to like be more immersed in it and then I started meeting people in the Facebook group and then like whenever I'd go to the park for like dapper days and stuff people would be there and I'd run into them be like oh my gosh I know you from the internet we always talk all the time and that's how I got to know so many Disney bounders and it just became like this community where I just got closer and closer to these people and we would like hang out more and do more things. And then they just became like my family and it just changed my life. And it was amazing. That's what I love. I love when you just find people that you vibe with and you just, you yeah. like one little hobby can flourish into this whole community and yeah. this whole support system. It's wild. I like found my people and it's crazy to me how yeah. that happened. I and mean, like, if it wasn't for Disney Bound, if it wasn't for the social media community, if it wasn't for this, you know, this whole community, like, who knows, right? I really, I don't even want to know what <sighs> it would be like. Honestly, I know Erica, like, talked about the first time we ever hung out because, you know, Hercules is my life and the muses are everything. And I've always wanted to, like, you know, as a kid, it was like, oh, I want to, like, be the muses for Halloween because that was, like, your only outlet for dressing up really growing up as a kid and costume of some kind but you know you need for me at least I was not about to have any kind of group of Halloween costume or cosplay group at any way shape or form to not include five black women I just would not I will not ever do that it just is too important to me so like to be able to put a group together like that as a kid and I had a diverse like neighborhood and friends and everything like that but no one was really like going hard for Disney at my age like I was you know so it would have been really hard to put together a group of five black friends to be these muses for like a Halloween group costume 
same with like college and things like that. So it wasn't until I saw the Disney bounding group that I was like, oh, this is an opportunity to finally do like dress like these muses that I've always wanted to dress like ever since I saw them in the theater. So I, you know, I knew Audrey um, from the Audrey Lee Young from the Disney bound group and Erica, who also like ran the Disney bound or runs the Disney bound group. And I'd met them in person um, from like I met Erica like at Dapper Day one time and we were like oh my gosh hey nice to meet you like finally one of those people I talked to and so one day I would just like was like you know what I'm just gonna do this this is something I've always wanted to do I'm just gonna like do this I know a couple people we're gonna see what happens so I reached out to Audrey and I reached out to Erica and I'm like I really want to do this group bound it has to be all black women it's so important to me like you see cosplays of the muses but they're never all black women like they are now but they weren't then you know I've seen yeah. some now, but back then I did not. I saw like a bunch of white women. I saw like a mixed group of like some white, some black, you know, but I've ne- I'd never seen like all black women. So I was like, let's do this. And when I reached out to her, I was like, you know, anybody else? Like you run this Facebook group. She was like, not really. I mean, you got Audrey. Mm, <laughs> so she was crazy. like, she like had her sisters join us. And I'm like, cool. We just need it to be five black women. Like, let's do this. And we planned for like months. We got a, we picked a date. We found outfits. We like coordinated. And like the day finally came where we could like hang out together and like get to know each other in person and like do this thing that I've just wanted to do my whole life. And it was such an important day and it meant so much to me. And that's just like where that friendship grew. And it's just like the muses have brought me so much in my life like before this. And now I'm just like it's even more so amazing that I have you know, more amazing, like, memories from what the muses have brought into my life, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, it's crazy how back then you couldn't find anyone. I mean, I don't think it is now. I feel like the difference between now and then, there have been a lot more spaces and walls broken down and places that have been put out for people to, like, occupy, where it's like, hey, look, look at all these Black women that are showing up now. And I think that's amazing. So, yeah, I'm so excited. Every time I find a new account or someone is like shown to me that is a Disney fan that I'm exposed to, I just get excited. I'm like, yes, there's more of us. I want to find everybody. I want to see what everyone's point of view is because it makes you feel good. Like there's a community that, I mean, I identify with the Disney community, period, but it's just a different level. Yeah, because growing up, I'm going to say it, I'm going to make a generalized statement, but growing up, I feel like 90% of us, 99 probably percent of us, when we did find people who enjoyed our love for Disney, it was not people who looked like us. Yeah, growing up, I didn't have that many uh, Black friends that had the same level of Disney love as I did. It was very diverse. It'd be like a white friend, an Asian friend, you know, like a Latina friend. Like it just, maybe a couple other black friends, but it wasn't like the extent where it's like, wow, there's a lot more black Dis nerds out there. Yes, yes. I like to call them Dis blurds. Dis blurds, <laughs> so cute. There was not many Dis blurds out there. <laughs> Yes. And so I love this community. I love how it's growing. I hope it just continues to grow. And I hope people just continue to find each other and connect. Because I think it's beautiful. It's great. I mean, you know, we say representation matters, but like, it also matters that there's, you know, 
diversity in this community. That's important too. Right, right. I I completely agree. So what are what would you say was some of your favorite Disney bounds you've ever done? Um, let's say my Darkwing Duck Dapper Day Disney Bound is probably one of my very most favorite Disney bounds I've ever put together. I found that hat and my entire outfit just formed around that gigantic hat. And I was just like, this is the most drama glam I've ever seen. And it's perfect for Darkwing Duck. And I want it. And so I got the hat and then I was like, couldn't, I was looking at like flowy skirts, but I was like, flowy skirts are too much for this hat. I need something a little more stagnant, like a pencil dress. And I found this pencil dress that had buttons on it that were just like his coat. And I was like, wow, how is this so serendipitous? So the way that that outfit came together, I feel like it was just meant to be. And uh, that's always going to be probably one of my most favorite Disney bounds I've ever done. Also the muses, of course, because that one was so important and so special to me. Um, I also loved my Aisha Dapper Day Disney bound. That one too, because I had tried to Disney bound Aisha before and didn't realize that she's not really gold. She, there's like mm. a story about this because I was like oh I have some gold pieces and then when I tried to like do a side by side of my outfit and Aisha I was like she's not the color gold she's actually mustard she's mm. Alec mustard like that was like a whole issue so once I realized that she wasn't a true gold she was more of like a metallic mustard color I was able to find that dress that was literally metallic mustard and I was like I'm gonna put together a proper Aisha bound now and it was just like the most glam thing for Dapper Day and I was very excited about it and uh, that's so that's probably another one of my favorites. Um, I would also say my very first Disney bound challenge when I did 31 Disney bounds from a goofy movie. And I Disney bounded a different goofy movie character from start to finish <laughs> of that entire movie. Um, those are probably my also favorite bounds just because it was my first challenge and it's just was such I just remember having so much fun with that and it's kind of what like started me down this like insane journey was that Disney Bound challenge and you know Goofy movies a fave so that was probably one of my most fun experiences also um so yeah I would say those bounds are probably right now my most favorite oh um the most recent Disney Bound challenge when I did Uma I really liked that one mainly just cuz my hair was like hers and that <laughs> I was like, what? I have ombre braids. Not the same color ombre, but it's still in the same color scheme as Uma. So I was like, you know, Ursula has purple. And I was like, that'll work. And then the way it turned out, I was so proud of it that I was just like, wow, okay, this is like a favorite of mine. I loved all your looks. Like, I really, I mean, I think you're so good at it. And maybe it's because you're so organized, but oh my God, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It just brings me so much joy to like do it. And then the fact that like other people, cause it was like for me, like this was all I'm doing this for myself. But the fact that other people enjoyed looking at my nerdy, like hobby out there, I was just like, well, this is cool. That's, that's awesome. So that's, that's, I'm so, I'm just, that just makes me really happy. <laughs> so question, when <laughs> did you start planning for like the challenge? It's different every year. I want to say my first challenge, I started planning early because I was like, I don't know what characters to do. That one was a really big challenge because when you pick 
one movie to only do one movie you really have to be organized because you have to figure out like how what characters you're going to do and I was like I'm going to do them in the order that they show up in the film too so I really had to like map out the characters and I also wanted to make sure like I'm not buying like a ton of clothes or anything like that so I was like what do I have in my closet that I could use for these characters you know um, luckily I'm a clothes hoarder so I have a lot of clothes and it wasn't that hard to find some things that could work out but um yeah, um, I definitely think I started maybe like a month in advance for that one. I think February, I was just like, let me look into this. I picked my movie I was going to do, and then I looked into the characters. And then I want to say the year after that, I did not plan at all. I think I just kind of was like, whatever. I guess I'll figure it out the night before um, for some of them. And that one was kind of stressful, but, you know, I did it. I got through it. And then... Last year, I think, was probably the most stressful. I barely planned it all also, but I also was just kind of like, I don't know. And I couldn't think of anything last year. Like, last year, I couldn't think of, like, an idea for the prompt. I was at one of those places where I was like, I feel like I've already bounded, like, all of these characters, and I'm not thinking outside the box. Like, I couldn't. So I enlisted my friend's ideas. I would, like, my friend Chelsea, who I don't know if you follow her, but she's Brazzle Dazzle Day. Oh, yeah. She's course. like a Disney bound. Like, you think, like, you call me a Disney bound queen. Well, then she's a Disney bound, like, emperor. I don't know, like, master of all the arts and trades. Because she is, like, she does not come to play. Like, when she Disney bounds, you're just like, well, all right. You up. <laughs> everything you ever do so like sometimes she'll come up with really creative ideas because she's always like in that mindset also so I like would be like I don't know I can't think of anybody and then she'd say something and I'd be like oh my god I have so much for that that's so perfect thank you you know or like my friend April who's uh magical as Effie like she would give me some yeah. ideas and then obviously my husband too Dan he's like super creative so I was like please help me and then this year, I think I needed a distraction from my life um, because my grandmother passed away, like, right before March. And I had to, like, change everything in my schedule and, like, go home unexpectedly. So I didn't really have that much time to prepare. But at the same time, I was just kind of like, I need to be distracted. So I found this March to be probably one of the easiest Disney-bound um, challenges I've ever done because it was just something that was... I needed, you know, it's like therapy. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't plan that much of a, in advance, but I did have to do some planning because I had to go home. So, um, yeah. So it just varies from year to year. Sometimes it's the night before. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I, you know, had an idea for this prompt like last month, you know, it just depends. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy how this can be so therapeutic and so like nurturing yeah and healing like it's a great outlet it really is oh that's so cool um so you are in addition to being a huge disney fan a big or the big the biggest wizard of oz fan so i <laughs> yeah the wizard of oz is everything like you think i'm a disney fan but it's the wizard of oz that consumes my life not disney um wizard of oz is like my number one heart and soul like that is my love of life and I would call myself Oz obsessed um I wouldn't say I'm the biggest because there are people out there that are bigger than me that have the money and ability to collect like actual memorabilia from films and books and like 
actual Oz history. I'm not so much a collector, but I am a lover and I like live and breathe everything Oz. When I say that, I mean like I got into it because uh, when I was like two, my mother said, I, she said I was like this since I was two. She showed me the movie. And I don't know what it was about the movie because I don't remember but she just said that I was immediately obsessed. It might have been the shoes. It might have been Dorothy. It might have been the story itself. I don't know if it was what it was, but I was just instantly obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. Um, my mom said that I only would wear red shoes, so I haven't changed uh, <laughs> since then. But she was like, I had to buy patent red patent leather shoes for you in every size because you would not wear anything else. And she said when I was three... I once was in an elevator and a woman asked me what my name was. And I told him Dorothy or I told her Dorothy Gale from Kansas. Like, <laughs> my mom was like, okay, now tell her your real name. But like, I, I don't know. My mom said, I've always been like this and I just never changed and never grew out of it. My parents were like, oh, she'll grow out of that red shoe phase eventually. And here they are still to this day. I'm in my thirties and they still buy me red shoes on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but at least the shoes have gotten better when I was a kid you couldn't find sparkly glittery red shoes and now they're everywhere oh yeah That's oh yeah cool. but yeah I, mean, I, I live for the Wizard of Oz my dog one of my I have two dogs one's name is Toto and then the other one her name is Elsa so oh I, yeah I've got an Oz dog and a frozen dog but okay. yeah yeah so let's talk about your frozen love <laughs> Yeah, my love was, <laughs> and um, I, you know, I went into Frozen not knowing anything about Frozen, and you know, the, I don't know if you remember, but the previews for Frozen never showed you a princess; they showed you Olaf and Sven. So I was like, "What is this weird movie about a snowman and a like a reindeer?" Because that's literally all they showed you, and I didn't read like any releases for it or any news about it because it wasn't like a thing like at all like no one cared this movie was coming out and I mean I know there were probably some people in the Disney community that were like keeping tabs on like the news releases and stuff but I just had seen like a preview trailer and it was like a snowman and a reindeer so I was just kind of like I don't know a random movie so I was just like to Dan I was like you want to go see that like reindeer snowman movie and he was like, sure. So we went like opening weekend to go see it just in the theater. I think we we went the Saturday after it had opened. And so I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know anything. We walked in and it starts. And that first song about the frozen ice or whatever comes on. And we're like, oh, is this a musical? Wow. I haven't seen like a legit like musical movie in a while. But okay, that's cool. Um, like Disney movie, you know, and then, you know, it starts and we're like, there's princesses in this. Okay. So it's a princess movie. It's got some music or whatever. And girl, when I tell you when Let It Go started, <laughs> at one point, like in the first verse, at the same time, my husband and I both looked at each other and we were like, is that Adina? And now I have to, like, interject again with my love for Oz because I love all things Oz, not just the movies. Like, it started with my love for the movies, but it grew from there to the books to, like, any Oz films or fandoms or shows to, you know, I love The Wiz. Of course I do, right? The Wiz is, like, everything. But then Wicked. 
like that 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 like musical is like my favorite musical of all time i've seen it nine times i love wicked and adina you know is the original alphaba and wicked so i love adina menzel that's my oz connection and here she is singing as elsa in this movie and we i had no idea i just recognized that voice as soon as let it go happened and we were like is that adina menzel and when i tell you by the end of let it go i they had me i was like done i was like i love this movie i don't even know what this what's gonna happen but I was like, I am in love. And I like came out of that film. And I was like, all right, you got to take me to the store. We have to go get the soundtrack. Because all I have to do, all I want to do now is listen to the soundtrack. And the fact that it wasn't about like a prince. That they, true love was between sisters. That was like iconic. Like that was the first time we've ever seen anything like that in a Disney princess movie. People always try to be like, what about Lilo and Stitch? That is not a Disney princess movie. There's no prince involved. There's no true love involved. It's just a story about sisters. Like this is a fairy tale princess movie and I've never seen it. No, we've never seen that before. So I was just like blown away by the plot. I thought the plot was so good. I thought the music was so good. And then like <laughs> Elsa, <laughs> Sadina, like, and so, you know, I went on this like thing where I was just like, oh my God, Frozen is so good. And like, no one around me had seen it. And my coworkers had seen it. And I was like, go see this movie. And believe it or not, I don't know if you knew this, but when Frozen came out, there was zero merch for Frozen. Like none. Mm-hmm. Frozen came out in November and Christmas was right around the corner. And all I wanted was something like Elsa for Christmas. And my husband could only find a mug. That was it. Wow. Disney was falling off. They didn't think it was going to be a phenomenon. So they made nothing for that holiday season. And, you know, people were like, I don't believe that. I'm like, believe it, because that's all I wanted. And Dan went everywhere looking for his frozen stuff. Frozen merch didn't really start hitting until like six months later. Like next the next year when it was like people started actually seeing the movie and then it got momentum and then all of a sudden it became a phenomenon like months later. It wasn't until like the next summer or like spring when I was finally like, oh look, frozen merchandise. (laughs) It took a while for us to find anything frozen. So I was like on the frozen train before the frozen train like left the station. (laughs) You were like the first passenger. You had a front row seat. I was. And so... (laughs) When people want to, like, complain about Frozen, it's because they joined Frozen too late. Like, that train had already gone around the world, like, twice before they got on it. So they were, like, bored and, like, oh, it's so overrated. Oh, it's so every set oversaturated. I'm like, well, if you had been on this train when I was on this train, you would have seen that it was deserted and no one was here. And also, it wasn't oversaturated in the market. It didn't exist in the market. It took forever for me to get here. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So... When people try to like give me that cliche, like it's they're you know everyone's so it's so cool to hate Frozen, but honestly that movie is a great film and I will fight anyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so I avoided Frozen because the song was everywhere and my daughter was at that age where she would just you know if Open it got it. into her yeah if it got into her head it was gonna be over. And I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready to like. You weren't ready it. to drink the Kool Aid. 
I wasn't ready to be as immersed as I as I am now. Like now, I'm fine. We can go to openings. We're gonna sing the songs. We're playing the soundtracks for everything. We're dancing. We're singing. I just wasn't ready at that point in time in my life. Yeah, <laughs> to be that kind of a of a fan. And but when she went to preschool, they started playing the song and she started singing it. And I was like, okay, fine, it's time. I'm ready. I ripped off the bandaid. But I really enjoyed them. I didn't think I was going to enjoy the movie. It's because it got overshadowed by like the phenomenon it became culturally, I guess. Like it got overshadowed by like the like the pandemonium around it. People forgot like, hey, this is a good plot. This is a really great movie. And all they saw was like, let it go over and over and children singing it over and over and like merchandise that came out way too late, but still was being pumped out. And that's all they saw. So they couldn't even focus on the the movie itself, I think. Yeah. And I think any kind of toy that makes noise, I'm against. Okay. So (laughs) Understandable completely. So I was like, oh, you want this doll that sings? Uh, no, let's move on. (laughs) Totally understandable. Uh, but no, when we did watch the movie, we really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's been game over ever since, you know, she's had the costumes. We've yeah. got the life-size dolls. She, I think she got both of them. I mean, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful movie. It's so good. It's The music is so good in it. The characters are funny. Like, I just, I feel like that the quality of that film was so good. And you know, it's when you don't think you're making something important and you put all this, you know what I mean? Like they didn't think that it was going to be like this heavy weighted like thing. They just were like, let's just make this movie. And they like put all their effort into it. But I, I mean, I feel like there was nothing, no air around it, surrounding it when they were making it, that they didn't even realize like how, like what they had when they had it. Like when they were. Right. Like it all happened organically. Yes. It so good. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Broadway version? It's coming here this year to the Pantages Theater. And the tickets are currently on sale. But I feel like I'm going to try to win the lottery instead yeah. and to buy the tickets. Just because there's a lot of good plays coming to Pantages this year. And I kind of think it's going to be too expensive to try to go see all of them. Like, we're getting Anastasia also. And Hamilton's coming back and like all these other shows that I really want to watch. So I'm like, I might just try to win the lottery for Frozen. Yeah, it's it's a really good play. I may say I enjoyed the Broadway show a little more than a movie. I did. I did. I think I did. Wow. That's insane to me because I'm like nervous about seeing it because I'm like, oh, is it going to like live up to my love for this movie? But I still have to see it because I'm like, I love Frozen. I have to go see this thing. But oh, well, that's good. That makes me excited then. Yeah, I I feel like the set design, they did a really good job with that. It was it's a lot more, um, I guess, uh, modern or new age with um, what they did with the set. And I love how they did spend, you know, I don't know if you've seen the the line on Broadway. Um, but they like people are being the animals. It's not just like a, right. a prop, and so it's a person that's actually playing Sven. And I think they did a really good job with kind of his costuming and just the way he moves. And on the on the Broadway show, um, Kristoff is black, so I'm like, yes, I'm have here for seen, that. Yeah. Have you seen um, Frozen at the Hyperion Theater at DCA? No, I haven't. Okay, so um, you need to do that. 
when you come this summer, make sure you like cut out a chunk of time to go see the Frozen at the Hyperion Theater um, because they do colorblind casting and they do have a black Anna and a black Elsa. Uh, I have never seen them because they rotate and every time I go, it's not them, but they exist. All right. I'm going to have to DM them. Like, let me know your schedule. Right. So I could be there. <laughs> yeah, because they do have a black Anna and a black Elsa. Sometimes it's just black Anna. Sometimes it's just black Elsa. Sometimes I've seen them. They've been together. So I'm like, well, besides that. So that's really cool. Like the colorblind casting. But besides that, I think the show itself is really cool. And I'm like, if you like the Broadway one, um, or if I like the Pantages one, I mean the Pantages one, the one at the Hyperion Theater so much, I'm probably going to like the Broadway one because it's not the same, I know, but it's, you know, higher quality of production for Broadway than what yeah. they have at DCA. And I really like the DCA one a lot. Um, it's cool. I like how they do Let It Go. I like how they do a lot of the scenes and it's very good. So yeah. go check it out when you go. Okay. Oh, that's going to be on my list now. Yeah. Because I love it. Anytime I can see diversity and I, I love I love the concept of colorblind casting because yeah. I mean they did it back in the day when they weren't looking for black folks to play Cleopatra so we could do it now <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah no I love that yeah but the Broadway show is really good um they have a couple of new songs in there that my daughter absolutely loved and would not stop singing so uh, I think it's definitely something to check out this summer. Yeah, um, and I'm one of those people who, like, don't like to listen to the soundtrack before I see a Broadway show. I like everything to hit me for the first mm-hmm. time. Uh, except for Hamilton. I definitely already listened to that whole thing, like, tons of times before I even saw the show. But Hamilton's one of those unique ones where it's, like, you, it's kind of better if you listen to it first so you can follow. Yeah. It's quick. It's fast. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so when I saw, you know, Wicked for the first time. I refused to listen to the soundtrack for the first like year and a half that it had come out before I saw it because I was just like, I don't, I want to be surprised by everything. And I'm glad I did. So ever since then, I'm like, I'm just going to avoid soundtracks. So I didn't listen to the Frozen soundtrack for the Broadway show either. Yeah. No, it's, it's better off to just see it when it comes out. I agree. Yeah. More enjoyable. Yeah. I like everything to just hit me for the first time and it be like new. No spoilers. I don't want right. <laughs> so, what do you think of the sequel? What are your predictions? What do you hope to see? You know, I'm one of those anti-sequel humans with this movie, just because I love Frozen so much, and it was so perfect that I was not happy initially when I heard about that sequel. I was like, why would you do this? It's one thing to make fun shorts, which I'm all for, because they're just kind of like, you know things that are just like little asides that have nothing to do with the main story and they don't like take away from the main story. But once you make a sequel, that's like canon, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like always like when they announced they were going to do frozen two, I was like the first person who was like, no, why it's perfect as it is. Just make shorts, you know, like little shorts. It's fine. Um, but after I saw the like, first teaser trailer I was like well now I need to know more because like there's a lot of questions that I have about this fall thing that's happening and somebody else has powers and is it a relative of Elsa is it like somebody who's related to them a cousin is is she like seeing flashbacks is she learning about her mom does her mom have did her mom have powers did her mom have like fall powers is you know what I mean like where did Elsa get her powers from like 
Maybe it has to do with her mother. I don't know. Maybe we're seeing her mother in flashbacks. Like, who knows what it is? But now I have questions, so now I have to see it. Still nervous about seeing it, just because I'm afraid of what it is. Sometimes, you know, you're really excited about a movie, really excited about a sequel, and the sequel doesn't live up to it, and you're just kind of like, ugh, why did they do that? Yeah. So I'm scared. I'm, like, terrified, but also I'm so curious at the same time that I'm like, well, I have to see what happens, but... I'm still nervous about it. Yeah, these teaser trailers are are really good. They're yeah. really hooking you in. They're good, and I hope they don't do more information. Yeah. Like, the way that they promoted Frozen the first time, I think, is how they need to like r- continue to do it, where they don't tell you anything. Because I swear that's why I love Frozen more than the average person, is because I just was surprised at every corner. Because I those teasers had nothing about Anna and Elsa in them. Like, you see posters with them, but you didn't know what they were. I didn't know they were princesses. You know what I mean? Like, I just saw two girls, a guy, a snowman, and a reindeer. (laughs) They need to keep making them real ambiguous. So there's no spoilers. There's no, like, expectation. You just kind of go in trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I don't even know if I... When I first saw the first trailer for the sequel, I don't even think I realized it was... I didn't realize it was an animated movie. I thought it was like a fan, like a fan that water you know, made so real. It was crazy. I was like, "What? Oh, they don't, they don't put their all into this one. They really, they was not playing." Yeah, Frozen so. is like a money maker, so they were like, "Let's, <laughs> let's really do it right." Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to them that maybe they will put. A lot of effort into this. Oh, I, I definitely. I mean, it's been six years. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, two years later they turned out the sequel. It has been six years. It's a little over half a decade. So, I'll give them that. And they announced that sequel like in 2014. So it's not even like they weren't working on it. Like we knew it was coming. Yeah. So, I'm just nervous because it's <laughs> it's one of my favorites. So I feel you. I feel you. I, I'm I'm excited to see what it's all about. I have several questions. Like, yeah. like what is all these leaves about? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are they coming from? Who's making them? And then now, the most recent trailer, you know, they're going to a magical land. Like, that was there all along? Then, you know, first of all, I have to say, these trolls, I think that they did not do a good job with counseling. They have to, like, give more information. These trolls could... <laughs> You know, you know, they know so much and they just they just give you a little bit here and there. Like it's a need to know basis. They better than the FBI. You know who else did that? Glinda. She was (laughs) real shady. Like she did did some real shady stuff. And every time I watch Wizard of Oz, I'm like, Glinda, why are you so shady? Mm, true that true shade at dorothy when she met her and nobody knew that until like no one actually realized it but remember when she asked her like are you a good witch or a bad witch Mm. she's like i'm not a witch at all (laughs) witches are old and ugly and she goes oh no only bad witches are ugly i'm a good witch because she's like oh i've never seen a beautiful witch before and she's like oh only bad witches are ugly okay but then glinda why you ask her she's a good witch or a bad witch then if you mm-hmm. said bad witches are ugly, you couldn't tell? Like, what, <laughs> what kind of shade are you throwing at Dorothy when you ask her that? See? Side-eyeing all of them. She's so pretty. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then she knew those shoes would work the whole time to send her home, but she sent her on that journey anyway. 
So I'm like, what's up with these all-knowing beings only, like, telling you the tiniest bit of information? It's like, y'all know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I guess that's free will. I guess we shall see when it comes out in November. We shall yeah. see. But I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm interested to see what this whole land is about. Because it looked like it was in their backyard. I don't know. Because those, those stones, that, wasn't that their parents' like gravesite? Or was that something different? I think those stones were the gravesite. And, you know, I saw that tagline that, like, something isn't... They, what was the tagline? Something about, like, what you think you know you don't know or something? Yeah, yeah. I would be better not have their parents be alive. I'll be mad. yeah. Don't that's what I'm wondering. Don't that's mean, what I'm like, wondering. Don't on the story you already like developed. Like that's my that's what I'm nervous about. I'm like, don't go backwards. Like let it be. Don't like try to undo what's already been done. Oh well. Yeah, and if their parents are alive, I'm pretty sure the trolls knew. And like, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all can't. I mean, need to erase this. What's going on? I don't want on? their parents to be alive. Like I don't want them to erase what they already established in the first movie. Like I don't want that. Yeah, that's why I'm nervous. That's why I'm like, Ugh, I'm, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, well, maybe take like a Xanax before. I'm right. <laughs> I was before Endgame too. I was real scared when I went into that one. Oh yeah, I was. I don't know. I sat there and I, I sat there and I think I was like slouched down in my chair because I was ready, but I wasn't ready. And yeah. I was like y'all, y'all need to do this right. Yeah. Like, it was it was all a whole bunch of things. It was a culmination of eleven years of following these characters. It was a culmination of like, are you going to end the saga correctly in a way that will be satisfied? It's a lot of build up. Eleven years of build up is hard to come down from. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous about that. I was nervous about like what was going to happen to the characters I've been with for eleven years. Like it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they they did a pretty good job i i don't think I there was it. anything i was really critical about no. and that's saying a lot for me because yeah. i critique everything <laughs> yeah it was like how did you make a perfect film like how did you do that how yeah. how it was so good it was perfect yeah i don't even understand how yeah and um i mean this is coming from someone who wasn't into the comic so i don't know if that whole you know fandom agreed or didn't but i think they they tied all the movies together very well yeah, so I didn't read comics either, but my husband did, and we have a lot of friends that did. But here's the thing, like, the MCU never followed the comics. So yeah. you can't really be, even though they're following, like, stuff, storylines that the comics did, the MCU's doing it their own way. So it's like, yeah, there was an Infinity War comic, but also, like, half the Avengers that we have in the MCU weren't the Avengers in the Infinity War comic, so... Right, so it's, it's completely I, different. Yeah, so I don't think they would go into it, like... At least I would hope not, thinking, like, oh, it better be like the comics, because the MCU hasn't been like the comics, as far as, like, who the Avengers are. Yeah. Doesn't even follow that, so. That's true. I feel like the comic fans have given a lot of respect to the MCU. I think so. Uh Oh. I mean, vice versa, because I will never say I know everything about these characters the way they do. Me neither. Me neither. But, I mean, they're doing the movies in a entertainingly wonderful way they're breaking down barriers and changing the game like mcu has changed the game for superhero movies like completely yeah so can't be mad at that yeah they're in a league all by itself although i what did you think of captain marvel oh the movie itself yes 
I mean, it was fine. I didn't think it was like amazing, but not all 26 or what was it? 22 movies in the MCU are amazing. So it's like, it's fine. It's not on the same level as like, you know, Thor Ragnarok or Civil War. You know what I mean? But it's still, I was still entertained. I was interested. I like the character Captain Marvel, but I don't think it was like my top movie. I didn't like it. It was as terrible as people thought it was. Like, (laughs) I was bored. And I'm like, I get it. Because people are used to like, right now there's a, there's like, Captain Marvel came out in the middle of a buildup. You know what I mean? Like, Infinity War just happened. We have all this action, all these things happening. So to like, go backwards in time to like, a calmer story, people are like, waiting for like, hype they're waiting for like the big one you know so I feel like that probably had some weight on how people felt about the movie also they were like I was bored I'm like well there wasn't as much action yes because you're used to like what you just saw in Infinity War you're waiting on Endgame you want like a big the big shebang this one is more of like a little setup a little you know a little quieter storyline you know we don't have the Avengers yet none of this stuff has happened yet so I think that's, I think that might have had a, a reason and why some people were kind of like, I was bored. Yeah. I mean, I get that. What I, the things I didn't enjoy, I felt like it was some of them, there were some cliche moments kind of in the movie that I just kind of rolled my eyes at. Like what ones? So like her flashback when she's like falling, when she first like, when she first realizes her powers and she's like falling and then she likes all the time she fell down and then she got up she's like oh you know she's oh, realizing that like, was just like Ugh. oh the like first a girl i love yeah. that. that like i i live for those things i love it somebody <laughs> I, else hated the part in Endgame when they were like she's got help and all the women like assembled i know people yeah. who that's pandering to like women and so cheesy. And I'm like, give me the cheese. <laughs> oh my God. So that one I didn't enjoy. And then the part that got me so annoyed, which I understand this is before Nick Fury was Fury, but like he's singing into a, a whatever the soap brush. I'm like, Oh, that is not Nick Fury, okay? Like, don't... No, Nick Fury is two different people, though. Look, but he's not soft like that. He's not singing into no soap brush. But That's you not him. My theory about Nick Fury, right? You read Yes, it. yes. Two different people. You don't know which Nick Fury was singing into the soap brush. <laughs> one Nick Fury doesn't cut his toast in triangles and eat it, and another one did. One Nick Fury says, no one calls me Nick. And then for like 20 movies of the MCU, dude was being called Nick. So there's more than one. So you don't even know which Nick Fury is which. And you probably just like, you probably were just looking at a different Nick Fury. You know what? You know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. One of them is a scroll. There are two (laughs) Nick Furies. One's a scroll. They're working together. I'm going to stand by it. I'll believe that because my Nick doesn't sing into soap brushes. Well, okay. also, when they introduce Nick Fury and Captain Marvel, they introduce a lot of quirks that are not true of Nick Fury in the previous 21 or 20 films. Like, yeah. In the 20 films that we had watched coming out, like, none of those quirks were real. He was like, no, everyone calls me Fury. No one calls me Nick. 
I'm like, um, <laughs> I just watched 20 movies where they all called you Nick. So, oh, I don't eat toast and triangles. Uh, I'm pretty sure in Age of Ultron, you were eating a triangle piece of toast. <laughs> we, so, need to write, we need to write these guys, Mr. Russo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. Which, because why introduce the scrolls so late in the game? Why yeah. introduce these quirks of Nick Fury so late in the game after it's already been just proven that that's not true in the 20 previous movies? Like, you're trying to tell us that there's, he's working together with the scroll to be two places at once. Also in, um, what is that, Captain America movie where he dies? Oh, um... Winter Soldier. He died. Yeah. And yet, he's miraculously okay? No, they just got the second Nick Fury. That... <laughs> That was like a weak little explanation for how he survived that. Oh, we slowed his heart rate down. Nah, nah, dude died. This is the second Nick Fury that was walking the earth. <laughs> the question is, which one died? The scroll Nick Fury or the real Nick Fury? Well, we'll see how he takes his toast. Dan says, <laughs> Dan says he thinks it's the real Nick Fury died and the scroll is the one that's left. Mm. I really hope this is real because I would love it's just like it doesn't make any sense otherwise. It really doesn't. If you think I went down that rabbit hole when I did my Marvel rewatch before Endgame and I was like, none of this makes sense otherwise. I hope it's true. And I would love to see that in like future movies, especially now that hopefully they'll be introducing the multiverse. I think that would be really cool. I hope they introduce that multiverse. They've been teasing us, but I don't know if they're just messing with us. I got my tickets. I'm ready. I'm ready from far from home. I'm ready to see what else they got going on. Yeah, I got my tickets too. (laughs) I'm taking my son and he told me yesterday that he didn't want to go. And I was like, oh, you don't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah, you got to go. I mean, we already know Miles Morales is going to exist in that world because Uncle Aaron has already been introduced in that world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't. And I, I use, I'll buy my tickets well in advance, but I'm selective about which ones I will. But that one, I was like, I have to get it opening day and I'm going to have to see it again a couple yeah. more times. But I, I'm excited to see how they close out this phase Yeah. and, um, and what cliffhangers they leave. I'm also interested in how the world is going on after Endgame. Yes. The world they set up. Because, like, Peter Parker is, like, 21. But he's in high school because it's been five years. <laughs> right. I know. We're like, wait, you're you're still in high school? Oh, yeah. okay. Miss Lexan, okay. <laughs> They're going to all be, like, in their 20s in high school. Like, how's this world they set up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait. And... I can always forget this guy's um the character's name, Jake Gyllenhaal. Hall. Um his superhero character. Oh um, I don't, we'll uh, see. Yeah. That'll be something to talk about when that comes out. More theories and whatnot. <laughs> Isn't he a villain though? I thought he was an ally. I don't know. I will say I have not done my due diligence yet. He's a villain. Mm, that's unfortunate well honestly I'm okay it's Jake Gyllenhaal I'm not very invested but I'm interested to see what it's all about yeah I am too I'm excited plus Zendaya I love yes. her so much 
Yeah. Yeah, she's been a great MJ. I feel like she's like the antithesis of Kristen Dunst. Yeah. Uh, I'm just excited that she's MJ. I just I'm excited she exists in this world. <laughs> I'm excited about her presence in life. I love her so much. She's just awesome. Yes. And she teased the red hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. She's doing all that press right now with her red hair. Somebody was like, oh, does this mean she's going to be Ariel? I'm like, no. No. She turned it down, I heard. I heard Disney, oh, yeah? Yeah, I heard Disney, like, wanted her. And she turned it down because, like, that whole Met Gala thing was intentional. Like, she was saying goodbye to her Disney princess days. And she was going to do serious stuff, like Euphoria, which she's about to do. So. Ah, uh, Okay. That's why she did that whole Cinderella gown, because she was, like, saying goodbye to her Disney days. So I don't think mm-hmm. she's going to back and do Ariel, which makes me sad, because I would have wanted her to be Ariel also, so. Can she sing? Yes! Oh, I don't know. Zendaya <laughs> had an album? So I know her from, like, Casey Undercover, but I don't know if I... Oh, she did sing for the opening of that, right? Uh... I don't know if it was that or was it? It might have been that, but she was also in Gotta Kick It Up. And also The Greatest Showman. Did I didn't watch see- that. What? Oh, girl. No. It's on my list. I, yeah, I have a whole, like, show I list. I <laughs> love that movie so much. I think I saw it in the theater, like, nine times. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, you either love it or you hate it. I but- have a thing about the circus. Like, I just watched Dumbo. Mm-hmm. And, like... I don't even know. It's I don't know what my thing about the circus is, but I did finally watch it. I did enjoy it. I did end up enjoying it, but I I I couldn't bring myself to see it for a long time. So this isn't about animals, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. This is about people. It's like Barnum and Bailey, but it's like I mean not Barnum and Bailey, but it's about Barnum, but it's a fictional story about Barnum about Barnum based in some truth, but it's not about animals it's about people okay yeah right. i'll add that to my list <laughs> there are animals in it but like they're not the show okay the show is so you don't have to worry about it but it's yeah she can sing <laughs> okay okay <laughs> all right so maybe she would have been a good ariel but i don't know uh... you gotta watch the greatest showman okay. it's cheesy and it's cute and i love it Okay. But, like I said, you might not. Some people I know did not. Like, I have friends who either loved, loved, loved it like I did, or they were just kind of like, meh, or they were just like, I thought it was stupid. I hated it. So, you're going to, I can't even tell you what you're going to like. I don't know. You have to, like, watch it and tell me. Okay. All right. So, once I do, I will definitely let you know what I think of it. (laughs) Do it. Yeah. I don't know who I would want for Ariel. I want Zendaya, but it sadly, I don't think she'll do it. Yeah, that's okay. So Leah Michelle's not officially Ariel? I know. Okay, so I don't know real reports because, like, you know, the stuff I read online, who knows if it's real, but I heard they offered it to Zendaya or they wanted Zendaya, but she's, like, not doing Disney stuff anymore. She wants to go to more grown-up stuff. But I heard that they were still looking for an African-American person, like a black woman mm, still. Okay. So I'm, like, living on that right now. Like, that's okay. how I want to live. Like, I want to live in that bubble, even if it's not true. But they're still considering Black actresses to be Ariel. I guess I'll take it. I mean, she's still going to be, like, an animal. <laughs> a 
a mermaid is still a person with fish fins, half person. Okay. But also, like, who doesn't love mermaids? That's and we true. Black mermaids, like they're always yeah. white. That's true. And Ariel is like iconic. Like she's iconic. Super iconic, definitely. All right, I'll take it. Imagine, I'll take could it. you imagine? I still want it to be Zendaya. I'm still like holding out hope that they come back to her and they're just like, Zendaya, here's more money. Please do it. And she'll be like, right. need to pay bills. Like, fine. <laughs> like, I'm still holding out hope, but I know it's not. I don't know how well, truthful that would ever be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see who it ends up being. What do you think of the live action Hercules? I knew you were I had to. I knew you were going to ask me. I have anxiety because, Mm. number one, I keep seeing all these casting choices that people are, like, throwing out there. And, you know, they're all rumors because they've only just said that they're going to do it. But then people have been trying to, like, dig. So something is being leaked. And I don't know. I fear that, like, one of these casting choices that have been leaked, there might be accuracy in, like, a couple of them or one of them and I don't like any of them so I'm just like why can't you do what you did for Aladdin and get unknown people and also if the muses aren't fully black which I fear that it might not be then I'll also be upset yeah no because I feel like they could be like well we're gonna make it diverse and they'll just like put a mix of women which would be whatever but like don't Mm-mm. Not for that. Not for that. Give us something. Please don't take no take backs. No take backs. We barely back. got much. Because honestly, they could do that and it would be fine, like in the setting, but the significance of what the muses have been to us for so long, I'm just like, don't take it back. Mm-hmm. I'm just I knew like I always said Hercules would be a great movie for them to do live actions for because it's not as much of an iconic film as like The Lion King and The Little Mermaid and, you know, Sleeping Beauty. I mean, not Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast and um, Aladdin. Like those are like iconic, like super, super like perfect movies, you know? I'm like, why don't you do like the Mulan and Hercules, the ones that weren't so like hard hitters? Because, you know, the Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid and um, Lion King, that was like... Those were like five years of serious hard hitters. Yeah. Y'all wanted to start with those? Yeah. That was crazy. I thought that was crazy. That was crazy yeah. to me. I was like, you have like other late Renaissance films that weren't as hard hitters that you probably could have started with and improved upon a lot easier with Mulan, with Hercules, with like Treasure Planet or Atlantis or Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like you could have done a lot of these things and Pocahontas, I don't know, any of those movies you could have just, like, started with, because no one would be, like, outraged by it. Yeah. You went for the, like, ones that were perfect. Yeah, I wish they, uh, yeah. That's, you know what, you just, you just verbalized it for me perfectly. That's exactly how I feel with these live actions. I'm like, these? Y'all could, yeah. yeah. Y'all um, wanted to go for, like, the most iconic, most favorited, like, renaissance films of art of all time y'all wanted to start with that because like when they did jungle book that made sense dumb yes yes these ones were ones for me i was like okay even cinderella i'm like okay whatever it's cinderella like that's not a story that doesn't get done a million times anyway it's not like that's you know like groundbreaking to have a live action cinderella there's 75 billion of those like it's fine 
these four movies y'all are tripping to start with those and then you release two in the same year aladdin and the lion king yeah wow i'm like it's too soon it's too soon like we're not we're we're older we're older but we're not that old that it's still not deep deeply enrooted in our hearts where where we have this like reaction or this connection i think it'll always that way too i'll be 80 and i'll still always have (laughs) like it doesn't matter i just thought it was bold to start there like you could have ended there but you started there yeah you didn't want to get your legs like under you with like some of these less iconic ones okay Mm -hmm. it's true it's true it is so true and now they're what they're doing mulan mulan I'm excited about that, but I'm not excited about them leaving out Shang. And I'm like, they were like, oh, they don't want to give her love interest. I'm like, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. You still could have made her commander like Shang. Like, there's still got to be somebody to train her. Women they could be friends. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, they don't have to be love interest. Shang is for me. Like, I need eye candy. Like, why can't I have eye candy? Like, Shang is the hottest Disney guy. Y'all yeah. tripping. He is and so- I feel like that was an opportunity for them to show like different ways that you can love someone because mm-hmm. when she was a dude, he was feeling her. I don't care mm-hmm. what they say about the movie. He was feeling mm-hmm. her when she was a dude mm-hmm. and when she was a woman. Mm-hmm. So like, come on up. You had this opportunity, Disney don't pass it up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited, but I was still, and they're like, not, they were saying it wasn't going to be a musical, which I'm like, fine. But like also man out of you is a, Bop, like, <laughs> yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, come on, okay. I guess mean, like, I could just put in my cartoon version, but like, that would have been fun to see live action, you yeah. know? What I mean? You're like, that would be fun to see. Yeah. I don't know, they have been kind of tight lipped since like stuff used was leaking and people were getting outraged, and then they were like, no, no, it is gonna have some music, or no, like, they were like backpedaling. So, I haven't heard anything since like the beginning, so I'll be interested in seeing like what happens. But you know what? It's important. That's why they should leak. And I mean, I guess we'll see everything at D23, but they need to announce stuff and hear how the people feel because this is the market. You want to, you know, you want to cater to your market. If we yeah. hear... But also, like, the market is crazy and it's, it's, true. it's polarized because, like, there's some people who like one thing and other people like another. And there's going to be outrage about everything. So Disney's like, we're going to do what we want to do because they can't please everybody. That's so true. I see that aspect of it. But then they make big big mistakes where you're just like okay you, you you really shouldn't have done that right when i heard about them putting like not having enough extras in aladdin so they put like white people and brown face in the background and i was like okay that that's something you probably shouldn't have done what yeah what yeah that was that's thing. called laziness yeah i don't ever i don't ever take the excuse that we couldn't find mm-hmm. that is bs because we out here mm-hmm. we are out here and guess what all you have to do is send the right email to the right place and you will get all you need. Especially if they're extras too. It's like, okay, you don't even need them to do that much or you need like, and I'll bet you could find like dancers. Like, I don't know what they needed because I'm not sure what the scenes were. But I'm just like, you know, there's a ton of people like of all ethnicities qualified to do these roles. You can, you can find somebody. Shoot, give a, do a giveaway for the fans. Look, you enter here, you get a chance to do an extra in the movie. You know how you would have got every every person you needed. That's just true. Doing that. Especially if you didn't need them to do any like special talents, just stand yeah. be in the back. I don't know what they. I would have been in the cut. Shoot. Right. I'm like, I match our skin tone. We could do something. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. But yeah, so we've come so far, but you know, we have a long way to go. That's true. That's so true. Oh boy. Okay. I know we've gone on so many tangents, but I've loved everything about this conversation. It's fine. You can edit it out. You can be like, oh, we can cut this. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I hate cutting stuff out, but I love it. Um, so, <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite Disney moment or memory? Wow. In life. Wow. I guess um, anytime I get to work with Disney. Mm. that would probably be one of my favorite or anytime I get to be on camera with Disney for Disney anything like I got to do like a couple segments of talk Disney and I got to do that really really cool um Disney people special with oh my Disney um that episode was really really cool and I feel like that is probably a favorite Disney movie a uh, Disney memory of mine anytime I get to like work with Disney mm-hmm that's surreal. It's wild to say, like, wow, I got to, like, work on a project with Disney, like, talking about my love for Disney. Like, how crazy is that? That's probably a, a top moment. Um, um, Maybe just the Disney-bound community also, just getting to find my people, get to know other Disney-bounders and, like, finding a family of people who I just, like, like, can't even imagine my life without. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've loved, I love finding new people. I love when people reach out to me. I mean, I almost want to vomit when I reach out to people, but I love the, the feedback that I get. <laughs> Cause I'm a little, I'm a little shy, but I, I love it when people like are just open to me reaching out to them. And I feel like this community is so good with that you know yes yes it is it is I've always gotten positivity from everyone and I love that I love that about this community and I just I'm so happy to be a part of it yeah um another actually no I got one I got a good Disney memory for you besides being able to like well I guess this also piggybacks on being able to work with Disney because last year I got to go to Disney World and be a part of a Disney bound parade for the anniversary of Peter Pan and that is an amazing memory that I don't think I'll ever forget like to be able to walk in a parade at Disney World that's incredible and I got to take this trip with like my closest friends to a magical place and like Disney World I'm from the east coast like you, June, so, like, Disney World is my home park. That's what I grew up going to. And I hadn't been there since I moved here. So I had been, like, a little over a decade that I have not been back to that park. So, so much has changed. So to be able to go back to this park that I grew up going to, that I love so much, with my closest friends, to be in a parade for Disney. Like, that, that I'll never forget. I'll tell... I don't think I'll have grandchildren because I don't think I'll have children, but I'll be telling people that for the rest of my life. Yeah, definitely put it in your book. Yeah. This has been a great, amazing, incredible conversation. I'm so, so thankful that you were willing to spend the time to talk to me. Yes, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. This has been fun.
like I need to just build a segment around you and movie just just movie chats like movie chat (laughs) I love it I need so much movies oh my gosh yes we gotta do like a segment off of your podcast where you could just have like a movie chat segment and have different people chat movies with you yes yes review what you your theories are what you want to see what you love what you hate who you want to see in it yeah, I definitely got to make it happen. You definitely just, need a movie chat segment about Princess and the Frog. We need to have like a yes. table discussion. Yeah, no. People. We're going to have like a green table talk. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, call it that. Yes, like dissecting Princess and the Frog. <laughs> oh my God, dissecting a frog. <laughs> I, I got to write that down. <laughs> love that. Oh my God. Okay, Green Table Talk, dissecting Princess and the Frog. I love it. Yes. <laughs> but I want to say thank you so much for um, being a guest and for talking with me. I really appreciate it. I, again, love what you do. Oh, thank you so much. And if people want to see more of you and get to know more about you, where can they find you online? On Instagram at follow the yellow brick girl. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. This podcast is so cool. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. This is awesome. Thank you. You've just heard my conversation with Tiffany. If you didn't have chills listening to this episode, you need to check your pulse. We covered so much in this episode in so little time. And so I'll definitely need to have her back either on the podcast or via YouTube or a different medium. Um, And I really think that we need to make Green Table Talk a thing. If you guys agree and want to see more, please let me know and let me know what topics you would like us to talk about by DMing me on Instagram at Afros and Pixie Dust. The POC-owned small business for this episode is Kiddo Chicago. It is a kid-focused brand that is owned by Kiwa Narula, and it specializes in children's clothing and activities. Go check them out at www.kiddochicago.com. Next week, I'll be doing a giveaway in celebration of the release of the live action, air quotes, Lion King. So please be sure to stay tuned and make sure you don't miss next week's episode so you can hear all about it and find out how you can enter. I'm excited about the giveaway and I want the stuff that I'm giving away. So I hope you all do too. Um, But be sure to tune in to find out what it is and how to enter. And as always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends. And also be sure to join the Afros and Pixie Dust Facebook group so we can talk more about the importance of representation. And so until next time, never stop deep conditioning or pursuing your happiness.